Restoration, Revival, Reformation. This is a Renowned Faith broadcast. You can find more information at RenownedFaith.com. Now, here is J.R. Darwin. This is episode three, and we'll be further discussing my personal background, where I'm coming from, and how it is I started on this journey of building a ministry that can be seen as controversial, unpopular. There are a lot of things that people could say about it. Guess what, though? I'm not here for a popularity contest. I'm not here to tickle anyone's ears. I'm not here to tell everybody what they want to hear. That's not me. If that is what you're expecting, then you should probably find a different podcast to listen to. I want to be a straight shooter, and I want to tell it like it is, and inform listeners about what's going on in the body of Christ in America today, and ultimately where it's going off track, because our religion, Christianity itself, is being hijacked. It troubles me every night. My heart breaks to think of the flock in the hands of wolves, and I can only imagine how much it breaks the heart of God to look down and see this happening. Now, granted, it's probably happened for a long time, I'm sure, but I think each time it breaks God's heart, because not only does it do that? I mean, we see in scripture warnings about these types of things. We see Paul saying in his, in his writings, I warned you day and night in tears. Okay. He warns us that wolves will enter the flock, that false teachers and false prophets will arise. And my friends, I can't apologize to you for being a watchman on the wall. I cannot apologize to anyone for calling out false teaching and false doctrine because I have to. I can't go on seeing the state of the American church in shambles and the majority of Christian believers going about their daily business as if it's not happening, as if society and moral values themselves are not crumbling before their very eyes. Not only is the moral fabric of America crumbling, but the church itself, the institution, the leadership, has crumbled and become such an immoral place that it will be unrecognizable in the next few generations. And this is why great reform has to come to the church. And I'm sure not only in America, but across the world. But I can only speak of the American church because it's what I know. It's what I've uh, I've seen and known. And so my calling is to the churches of America. I mean, isn't it America who sends out the most missionaries, who funds 
the most missionaries around the world. But I would ask, what are we exporting to the rest of the world? What type of missionaries, what type of gospel are we promoting around the world? And I would dare to say that a lot of it is not the gospel. Instead, we have televangelists on television telling us that we should donate thousands of dollars to their ministries through our credit cards so that we can have a supernatural cancellation of our debts. Or we have televangelists on TV today telling people that if they give a certain amount, God will hear them, God will heal them, God will do lots of different things for them. But you don't have to go far to find a pulpit in America that tells people that if they make sure that they give 10% of everything of their income, then they'll get a even they'll be even more blessed by God. And perhaps the root of all their problems in life is because they're not giving their 10% to that specific ministry. My friends, we can cover the topic of tithing, but that's for another show. Right now, I'm giving you an overview of my calling. This is what God has ordained me to do, to be a voice in a world that probably won't listen, to have a message that people don't want to listen to, to have a message that people don't want to listen to, but you have to say it anyway, to have a message that's going to offend a lot of people, but you have to say it anyway. I'm putting myself out there. I'm going to say things that are unpopular to the average Christian in America, not because of what I'm saying is unbiblical, but because what I'm saying goes against their tradition. Now, my friends, I am... uh very conservative in my beliefs. I'm not going to be here preaching to you another doctrine um, that hasn't been received within the gospel and the united body of Christ um, throughout the centuries. No, this is about orthodoxy. This is about what Martin Luther stood up against with the Catholic Church during the Reformation. This is about truth, the truth of God's word, and how we disseminate that truth to people, to believers and unbelievers. So I fully expect controversy. I, I fully expect people to say, oh my gosh, why do you listen to that guy? All he, all he does is talk about the apostasy that's coming, or all he talks about is things that are negative, things that the church needs to change rather than things that they're doing right. My friends, my calling is to point out the things that I see going on today that are unbiblical and that aren't right. That's not popular. And neither was it popular in the times of the Old Testament or in the New Testament when men with bold hearts stood up and proclaimed what they felt God was telling them to say. And unquestionably, God spoke to the prophets in the Old Testament and the New Testament and gave them divine revelations and words to put into the Bible because it's inspired. Now, I personally am not claiming to be a prophet. Okay. I didn't have some divine dream or vision saying that I should come out and preach about these things like the prophets of old, but I can sympathize with them because they had some very unpopular messages and they were take taking those messages to people who didn't want to hear them. Today, I think we have ministers that want to itch the ears of people. Just as the Bible warns, just as scripture warns us that in the last days, they'll lift up for themselves teachers and preachers who will tell them what they want to hear. 
rather than what they need, guys. I'm not here to tell you what you want to hear. I'm here to tell you what we need. Not only what you need, what I need, what we need as a collective body of believers. And specifically the types of reforms that we need within the American church and the churches around the world. This is renowned faith. This is the movement that will sweep across the nations. Because the gospel is so important and foundational to Christian belief and to the salvation people that we can't stand by and let it be perverted by people who have entered the church falsely under false pretenses, who masquerade themselves as people of the word or people within the body when they are not. The Bible even warns us that even Satan himself comes as an angel of light, and howbeit that also his ministers would also come, pretending to wear the cloaks of righteousness. You tell me, friends, how can someone be silent when they when they think of these things, when they understand these things? The time for being quiet is over. I want to create such a ruckus, such an upheaval within Christendom right now that will have people up in arms and asking themselves what the gospel is, because so many of them have it wrong. Now, I'm not here as part of the emerging church movement where they say, where they question the gospel and all these different things about modern day churches. Let me tell you, the emergent church movement is a terrible heresy that's penetrating churches all over America right now. That's not me. I'm a, ref- I'm a reformer. I want to see restoration and I want to see revival. And I'm not talking about some cheap fake revival that, uh, Todd Bentley throws or that, uh, any of these other false preachers, uh, carry on with. No, 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 no. I'm not speaking of those types of revivals, friends. So you know where I'm coming from. You see, I grew up in a, in a Pentecostal church. Up until maybe a few years ago, I was a devout Pentecostal. I was a tongue-speaking, Holy Ghost-filled Pentecostal. Okay? And now I'm not. Because I've seen through the veils of deception, my friends, and a great light has shone upon my heart, illuminating the Word of God... And and my soul itself. And so I've gotten a little off track (laughs) because this has gone into a little bit more of, I guess, my intentions behind the ministry. But, of course, none of this of what I've set up until this point has actually been on my outline to talk about. But that's okay because, you know what? Sometimes the Spirit leads people to talk. And I'm not saying that my words are in any way divine. Absolutely not. But sometimes the spirit nudges people to speak on certain topics and certain things. And ultimately, I, I want to follow the Holy Spirit and it's in his leading. So, so now that I've thoroughly gotten off topic, <laughs> or I mean, it's on topic, but not what I was planning on speaking about. I wanted to pick up where I left off last time, where just out of high school, I was beginning to search for God. So as I progressed in seeking out the divine, I, of course, was first drawn to Christianity because it's what I knew before. It's what my grandma and my grandparents taught me. I mean, it's the type of church that we went to, you know, and that I grew up in, ultimately. But you know what? When I was uh, 17 years old, I decided to join the military. You know, coming from a poor family, I wasn't sure how I was going to pay for college or, you know, get ahead in life. And I decided that the military was probably a good 
place to start. And my grandpa was in the military. You know, he was in the reserves and he did some tours and he encouraged me to do that. And so in between my junior and senior year of high school, I went to basic training. And in basic training, I sure didn't miss a Sunday at church (laughs) because it was our only break from the drill sergeants. (laughs) And there were times when I got a few little things out of church during basic training, but there weren't many. One thing I drew on, though, was this faith that God loved me. I started to read my Bible more, you know, at night as I was laying in my bed in the barracks. And I would just skim through different passages and think about them a little bit. I had this desire to live for God, but I wasn't sure how, how that worked. I had this desire to be right with God. And I thought, well, I mean, I, I've i already prayed to, to accept Jesus into my heart, you know, and all those different things at Sunday school and everything you learn, you know, at Sunday school as a child and growing up. So one day in basic training, the chaplain came to our formation and had announced that he was going to be holding a baptism service on a certain day. And um, he wanted to know who wanted to be a part of this baptism service. And I was one out of four people who ran to the front to volunteer to, you know, have a baptism done. Um, I guess part of me is a little surprised that uh, I went up there. And it wasn't that day. It wasn't right that second, oh, let's baptize you right now. No, it was just come forward in front of all of your, you know, your whole platoon and say, yes, I would like to be baptized. And I did that. And the day of the baptism, you know, we're in the church, they're on the military base, and the chaplain who is conducting the baptism gives us some background information about how, you know, we're being baptized into Christ and that we'll become a new creation and the old things have passed away, and everything will become new. Now, I believe the chaplain had every best intention, and I believe that he was a brother in Christ. I believe that thought he was doing was completely correct. So after baptizing us, he tells us, don't let anybody come and tell you that you're not saved because you've already proclaimed your faith in Christ. You've made this outward proclamation uh of receiving Christ and you know the devil will come along and he will try to talk you out of that and he will try to talk you out of uh get, he would try to bring condemnation upon you and tell you that you're not saved but don't believe that because you are saved because of what you've done today he gave us a nice dose of assurance after that baptism and of course looking back I can see that it was not real assurance it was false assurance and He actually did more harm than good by saying that, at least in my life, because I went away from that baptism not being changed at all. I was the same. And my friends, when Christ lives inside of a person, when the Holy Spirit comes in and indwells a person, and they fully understand and comprehend the sinfulness of their depravity, and their need and desire for a savior that can bridge that gap. (laughs) 
There's no way you can walk away and say, I'm unchanged. There's no way a person can walk away from something like that and say they're unchanged. And that's why I say to this day that I wasn't saved after that baptism. Maybe I made the right steps. Maybe I made the steps in the right direction. And God sees that. And he's given me an abundance of grace to move closer to him at that point in my life. He saw me taking steps toward him. You know, these little baby steps, like when you first see your kids walk. It's like, he's walking. He's walking to me. Look at that smile on his face. He's walking to me. And God just smiles back and he thinks, that kid's coming to me. He's walking this way. He might stumble. He's going to fall, but he's going to learn to walk eventually. And I'm going to help him along the way. I'm going to pick him up. I'm going to teach him. I'm going to train him. I'm going to show him what what I'm really like. I'm going to reveal myself to him. And I believe that God's grace poured out upon me that day because of that confession. But all of that religious exercise that happened that day didn't change me. And I don't think it saved me either. And so in the next podcast, my friends, I will pick up where we left off. And that will be me coming home from the military and going on a journey, continuing on the journey to know God more, to know, to understand and comprehend the Bible more. And ultimately, um, the day that changed my life, the day that I laid down sin and was embraced in the arms of a Savior. I hope that you'll listen next time and hear the wonderful story of how I became a Christian, how I became born again, the joy of all of that, but then the sadness of the road that I was taken down into Pentecostalism and what some of you may know as the Word of Faith movement. The heartache, the strain on my faith, and ultimately where I'm at today. I hope that you'll visit our website. It's at uh, renownedfaith.com. I just want to bless you guys. Um, I know my messages aren't always easy to hear. And I pray that somehow, some way, God would use them in your hearts, in your lives. That he would spark something beautiful. And that he would bring about the three core elements of this ministry. Restoration bringing in the lost to Christ and the truth of the gospel, revival for the saints, the discipleship and building up of believers. Oh, just bless you guys. Thank you so much for listening. That concludes today's broadcast. We hope that you will visit our website at renownedfaith.com for more information about this ministry. We humbly ask for your continued prayers.